Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 53rd program of Think Again. Think Again is offered to you by the Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. We're looking at what Australian politicians have been saying over the last few decades and the policy directions we've been taking as a nation. We continue our conversation about public discourse from last week, how we talk about the world we inhabit and how we make sense of it and pass on our understandings how dominant discourses can direct our attitudes about people and events in a fairly automatic way and how they can guide or influence public policy. Mm. Last week we focused on the established media and discourses about China. This week we'll look at the ways our political leaders talk about Aboriginal people in Australia today and in recent times and what messages they're putting out. Firstly, for a little bit of context, the huge street protests across the U.S. have spread across the world in outrage about the killing of African-American George Floyd by a policeman. A policeman kneeling on his neck in full sight of passers-by, mm. several of his colleagues and recorded on film, all more mm. than eight minutes of it. Mm. Mr. Floyd repeated, I can't breathe, several times and then he died. Americans protested about racist, state-sanctioned violence towards African-Americans and other black, or indeed, all non-white people, as there have been an inordinate amount of those Mm. killed through police violence. Yes. This, of course, also resonated in Australia, where, according to updated research by The Guardian, 437, 437 Aboriginal people have died while in police custody, since a royal commission into Aboriginal death in custody investigated this very issue as far back as 1991, almost 30 years ago. Mm. And uh, that is, if you count about, if you count it back, it's 14 Aboriginal deaths in custody per mm. year. Mm. As we have all been made aware, most of the recommendations from that commission in 91, never were carried out. Mm, Yes, and here we are, 30 years later. How many lives could have been saved if the recommendations were followed? Think about it. How many families could have been left whole and not grieving and broken? Mm. According to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, in 2018, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander prisoners accounted for, hold on for this one, 28.6% of the total Australian prisoner population, so almost a third. 
Wow. The, the total Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander population in Australia, aged 18 years and over in 2018, was about 2%. Oh, Greg Jericho incredible. from The Guardian reports that 4.7% of all Indigenous men are in jail, about 5%. We just mm. compared to just 0.3% of all non-Indigenous men. That's that's really incredible. So 4.7%, mm. about 5% of all Indigenous yep. men are in jail mm-hmm. compared with... Mm-hmm. And in the whole population, they only count for 0.3% yeah. of the non-Indigenous men, mm-hmm. of the whole Amazing. population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... And comparatively, uh, Aboriginal women fare even worse. The rate of Aboriginal women in jail, as with all women, is much lower than for men in general, so that's a general point. But the racial gap is actually much worse. While Indigenous men or Aboriginal men are 15 times fifteen times more likely to be incarcerated than non-Indigenous men, Indigenous women are 22 times more likely to be in jail and they account for 36% of all women behind bars. They're incredible figures. Mm. Mm. So Aboriginal people are grossly overrepresented in the prison system and activists have been protesting racist racist treatment in policing and incarceration for at least half a century. Most were interned for pretty minor offences like being drunk in public, not paying fines and young people just giving cheek then ending up being ill-treated and eventually killed. Mm. During the widespread protest marches during the long weekend across Australia, together, more than 100,000 participants, by the way, protesters chanted, I can't breathe, also Mm. referring to the last desperate cries of David Dungai, a young Aboriginal man. Dungai, yeah, sorry. uh, A young Aboriginal man who died while being restrained by five prison mm-hmm. guards. It's devastating. So, of course, mm. the protests are happening here because the program... The, sorry, the problem is here. People mm. are livid. They've had enough. So what is Prime Minister Morrison's response? Quote, there's no need to import things happening in other countries here to Australia. Unquote. Another quote, we don't need the divisions that we're seeing in other, other countries We need to stick together and look after each other, which is an irony, of course. And Mm -hmm. talking about the protests in the US, he said he was, quote, grateful for the wonderful country we live in here. So uh, there's an obvious point in relation to that last quote. It's wonderful for some, but not so wonderful for others who we choose to ignore. For many others, Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, he was ably assisted in this by other members of his government, Matthias Cormann being the latest, and the chorus of Bolt and others from tabloid Herald Sun and other usual suspects of mm. the news corporation and nine entertainment, entertainment yeah. outlets, including the age. They are stunning statements of denial. Denial, yes. And, mm. and again, Aboriginal lives and experiences are... Invisibilized. Hmm. As the title of Greg Jericho's article in The Guardian suggests, no, Australia is not the US. Our shocking racial injustice is all our own. Mm-hmm. And it and is comparatively worse. Morrison's comparison with the US and the suggestion that we are better in Australia is actually wrong. 
African Americans make up 12% of the adult population, but 33% of the U.S. prison population. And in Australia, that same ratio for Aboriginal people, 3% of the population and almost 29% of the prisoners. So we are well mm. worse. Yeah, that says it all, doesn't it? So just to repeat those figures, in Australia, about 3% of people are Aboriginal, but 29% of prisoners are Aboriginal. Mm. Mm. And on that note, we turn to, uh, is that what we deserve? By Kucha Edwards. Is this what we deserve? Is this what we deserve? Is this what we deserve? All I'm asking, Lord, is this what we deserve? We've been here since time began Our ancestors' footprints Are buried in the sand We are but caretakers Of this ancient land But you still don't understand what we deserve Is this what we deserve Is this what we deserve Can you tell me now Is this what we deserve Your laws are so Justify our basic human rights have been denied. Come up with excuses like your hands are tied. You go on committing genocide. Is this what we deserve? what we deserve Is this what we deserve 3CR is your station in solidarity and struggle. We've been with you since 1976 and we are here to stay. Throughout June we're running a station appeal. We need the financial support of our listeners to stay independent, community owned and radical. Jump online and give what you can. Go to 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about political discourse and policies that give some context to the current Black Lives Matter protests. Mm-hmm. So again, casting back about 30 years, in 1992, Australian Labor Prime Minister Paul Keating gave his famous Redfern speech, acknowledging the onslaughts by white settlers 
And here are some of his words. I think they're worth quoting. Quote, Surely we can find just, just solutions to the problems which beset the first Australians, the people to whom the most injustice has been done. And, as I say, the starting point might be to recognise that the problem starts with us, non-Aboriginal Australians. It begins, I think, with that act of recognition. Recognition that it was we who did the dispossessing. We took the traditional lands and smashed the traditional way of life. We brought the diseases, the alcohol. We committed the murders. We took the children from their mothers. We practiced discrimination and exclusion. It was our ignorance and our prejudice. So in the same speech in 1992, PM Paul Keating referred to, even back then, the report of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. He said it, quote, showed with devastating clarity that the past lives on in inequality, racism and injustice, in the prejudice and ignorance of non-Aboriginal Australians and in the demoralisation and desperation the fractured identity of so many Aborigines and Torres Strait Islanders, unquote. Phew, so there you go. Further <laughs> refreshing our memory. After PM Keating came John Harvard, Australian PM, from 1996 to 2007, with his inf infamous in suggestion to abandon the black armband view of history his ideological agenda of denying our dark and violent past and glorifying all the good things we, quote-unquote, have brought to this country and, quote-unquote, our indigenous people. In his government's version of events, whatever was inflicted on Aboriginal people was for the best and done in good faith. We meant well. No longer mm -hmm. able to sustain the lie that there was no one here when Europeans arrived, the terra nullius fiction, uh, we res resorted to a parallel lie, however contradictory it was, that the Aboriginal people were an inferior people, merely hunter-gatherers and part of the fauna and flora, without culture or social organization, who required civilizing and management by thoroughly paternalistic, often Christian, but certainly white people, the settler version mm. of the English colonising imperial dream. Mm, that's right. And then the following Prime Minister was Kevin Rudd. He did a bit better, in, in this course mm. at least, in 2008 with the National Apology to the Stolen Generations. In part, he said, quote, we apologise for the laws and policies of successive parliaments and governments that have inflicted profound grief, suffering and loss on these, our fellow Australians. We apologise, especially for the removal of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children from their families, their communities and their country, unquote. Mm. Mm. I agree with David Crow, Crow today in The Age. He and his and subsequent governments continue to talk about closing the gap, 
the deficiency mm-hmm. and welfare version of our white pretense of superiority. Quote, unquote, they just need to catch up with us, and we're happy mm-hmm. to help them a bit with that. An unashamed and mostly unconscious continuation of the earlier colonial impositions and of the failed development ideologies unleashed mm-hmm. on the previously colonized world however noble some of its purposes sounded. It's actually worse, really, because none of the pretty and seemingly enlightened words of Keating and Rudd translate into the policies and actions Mm -hmm. of subsequent and present governments. And the stubborn Mm. gap, which refuses to close in relation to the poor quality of life of Aboriginal people compared to that of non-Aboriginal Australians, including health, mortality, employment, and significantly, the high rates of incarceration mm-hmm. we mentioned before, they are getting worse. That's right. And mm-hmm. one thing that's been a constant, really, from a range of inquiries is that Aboriginal self-determination in any solution is crucial, mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. to be led by Aboriginal people themselves, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. along with a reconnection to land and the removal of systemic barriers to full participation in society and the life of our community. Exactly. And of course, as we are now being told and are ever so slowly starting to realise ourselves globally, we, the whites and the inheritors of the privileges with which the original invaders spread themselves out in this and so many other countries worldwide, we we need to not only acknowledge the guilt and the shame of the past, but we need to address our profound unwillingness and seeming incapability to learn and listen deeply to what Aboriginal people have to share. Mm. Mm. Well, a good start, I guess, would be to get rid of statues and names in public spaces that celebrate Mm -hmm. or even glorify invasion and oppression. And we've been seeing a bit of that happening um, Mm -hmm. across different countries in the media. That's right. Yes, we really do need to address our resistance to removing the vestiges, the signs and expressions of colonial, neo-colonial and post-colonial presences in our environments. I'm thinking of the recognition of all the places and sites where massacres and other violent acts have occurred. I'm thinking of the statues, the streets, and the buildings carrying the names of invaders and colonizers. Mm. Of course, starting with our perfunctory celebration of the invasion and calling it Australia Day. These sites and Mm. places need to be decolonized. And we yeah. respectfully need to ask Aboriginal people for counsel in yeah. that process. Yeah, of course. Well, Linda June Coe, a Wiradjuri woman, suggests celebrating the recent demonstrations as Black Liberation Day in Australia. She, she says, quote, A deliberate silence has engulfed this country for over 200 years. On Saturday, 6 June 2020, That silence was overturned, and it's essential to be on the right side of history. Mm. Together with the Australian Living Peace Museum, of which we talked two, three weeks ago, Borderlands Mm. is about to start a process of decolonising the memories of the frontier wars. Monuments, names, stories. What we do hope is to find sites 
where some of the atrocities of the invading settling have been buried, forgotten, or even transformed into celebratory mementos of the invasion and of the mm. invaders, and then initiate research, community engagement, negotiation, restoration, and truth-telling to finally mm. create peace upon which a commitment for to regenerative coexistence can be built. The mm. museum would be a place for images, historical and contemporary text and stories, and a small manual of how similar processes of peacemaking, of remembering, could be conceived and implemented, as Bruce Cates, professor of, a, of history at ANU, in the age again today, also is suggesting. Mm. Seems like a pretty good place to start. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll now turn to a promo and we'll talk more after that. The media in this country, we as Indigenous people know, have censored our right of telling the truth and the truth is what this country is most fearful of, in particular Indigenous truths. Until history is told by the vanquished lens, which is our people telling our story our way, and have the right to be able to incorporate that into a system of learning, well, people are always going to be denied that truth by deceit and lies. When you look at the type of psychological warfare, spiritual warfare that Aboriginal people are caught in, it's not just in the sense of military when they talk about weapons of mass destruction, but you're right, it's in terms of the media and the industry of media as a warfare against our people, and so is religion, I believe, in the Western sense. They're, they're all weapons of mass destruction against our, our people. 3CR, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital, and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement in Australia and what our PMs, our Prime Ministers and other politicians have been saying over the last few decades. Also, how government policy has continued the colonial project of oppression, despite some hopeful words at different times. Yeah. So we wanted to give the last word to Aboriginal people and Aboriginal leaders in this program uh, in an excerpt from the Uluru Statement from the Heart from 2017, which was an as most of us would know, an Aboriginal statement on the path we need to take as a nation arrived at by Aboriginal consensus. Indeed, I do believe it is the equivalent of the demand enunciated in the US to Ooh. get off our necks. Yeah. So, of course, they frame it a bit more poetically and generously mm. than mm. that, Shark. Yeah, I know. But sometimes truth needs to be said in hard words as well. Yeah. In different ways. So, Jacques, did you want to um, do that first quote from yes. the Uluru so Statement? The first part, proportionally, we are the most incarcerated people on the planet. We are not an innately criminal people. Our children are alienated from their families at unprecedented rates. This cannot be because we have no love for them. And our youth languages, languages in detention in obscene numbers. 
they should be our hope for the future. These dimensions of our crisis tell plainly the structural nature of our problem. This is the torment of our powerlessness. We seek constitutional reforms to empower our people and take a rightful place in our own country. When we have power over our destiny, our children will flourish. They will walk in two worlds and their culture will be a gift to their country. We call for the establishment of a First Nations voice enshrined in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And continuing from the Uluru Statement from the Heart, quote, Makarata is the culmination of our agenda, the coming together after a struggle. It captures our aspirations for a fair and truthful relationship with the people of Australia and a better future for our children based on justice and self-determination. We seek a Makarata Commission to supervise a process of agreement-making between governments and First Nations and truth-telling about our history. In 1967, we were counted. In 2017, we seek to be heard. Mm, very powerful. Powerful. This should better become part of many, many, many other statements in the regular press and uh, everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. CCR has given fantastic coverage of recent Black Lives Matter protests and discussions mm-hmm. and really shown where its art and its values sit. CCR mm-hmm. has been fairly unique, a unique voice for and by Aboriginal people for decades, and it still is to this day. So please give generously, generously if you can, to 3CR's fundraising in June. And I have just seen that the first Borderlands members have started to contribute to it on uh, yesterday. Thank you. The message went out to the membership. You can do this through the website at 3cr.org.au or if you are not on the internet, you can ring the station on 9419-8377. And as I mentioned in a... a 8377. Pick your pardon. So, um, as I mentioned in a previous program, we have a secret target that if it's reached Jacques, we'll do some genuine yodeling in the first program in July. Um, And also, I wanted to just say, mention remember, next week is Refugee Week. So, look out for actions and ways that you can support refugees and asylum seekers who are really struggling um, within the COVID 19 context. And we'll say something about their situation in Australia on our program next week. So thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boudet and Jennifer Borrell. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. We would also like to thank Leanne yet again for doing such a great job coordinating this program from the 3CR studio while uh, Jennifer and I connect remotely because of COVID-19. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and friends. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yothu Yindi.
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.